0: The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Mark Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Welcome to it, the
4: first edition of Your Tech Report for 2015. I am Mark Flalo and you are Mitchell Whitfield. Mitchell, how are you? You know know I'm doing well, and I'm very
2: glad that you remembered to say 2015 because now's the time of year where I have to train myself when I'm writing. I don't write that many checks anymore. Everything is digital, but when I do write down the date, it takes at least a month or two for me to get with it. But Mark, I'm excited about this because we're really ringing in the new year with some great CES stuff here. It's CES time here.
4: Well, I think they planned this intentionally, although it's a pain in the butt to get to Las Vegas for CES. But what a way to kick off the new year with setting the stage for everything in consumer electronics and technology, whether it be for business, automotive. This is a big year at CES, Mitchell.
2: And for people that aren't familiar with the term CES, obviously, well, not obviously, there are a lot of people that don't know what the term is. It's uh, the Consumer Electronics Show. It is the biggest uh, consumer-driven electronics show in North America. It is incredible. All the major gadget gear, car manufacturers, accessory manufacturers, they all converge upon Las Vegas and the convention center and all the different hotels and venues and show off their latest wares. And, Mark, this show keeps getting bigger and bigger because other industries – gaming, everything sort of, it's really attracted all the different types, all the different industries within the tech world, so we're getting a lot of announcements, and I think accessories are really getting shown a lot of love this year, and that excites me because what are our gadgets without great accessories to use them with? So, a lot of stuff to show.
4: Absolutely, and we've got a great show lined up, Mitchell. We have, a honestly, it's it's one of our, I think, our best shows. I'm setting the stage for something that I hopefully will not fail. Uh, we've got people from <laughs> AT and Zep Intel, Labs, FLIR, the infrared consumer electronic uh, gadget that attaches to your phone. Lots of great stuff on this show. We're gonna. This definitely gonna carry on in the next couple of weeks as we talk about CES and the and the fallout and the and and, and the notable. People that aren't there directly, like Microsoft. Microsoft is is not physically at CES, right. but they have lots of announcements via all their subsidiaries, like Alienware, which is one we're gonna be talking to. That's
2: what I was gonna say. Don't forget about our friends over at Alienware. A lot of talk to lot of talk, a lot to talk about with them, not just about CES, uh, but of course about products that have come out in the last several months. So a lot of cool interviews coming up on the show.
4: So let's remind people how they get in touch with us. There's contact at your We welcome your emails. Any time, whether it's something you want to comment on, something you want us to talk about, we we look at that all the time on Twitter. It is at your tech report. You're going to get our latest information right there. Hit the pages of yourtechreport.com to hear all our shows, our holiday shows, lots of great stuff there, Mitchell. We, we, there's no way that we're going to be able to touch upon everything that happened at CES. So follow us on Twitter, and and we will give you all the information that you need right there. And we're going to kick off the show this week, Mitchell, with with a topic of news and information because there were two announcements, one product, one service from right. AT&T. So big, big, big news. Exactly. So how, what better way to kick off the show than to talk about AT&T? So, Mark. Mitchell.
2: Mark. Mark. Uh, <laughs> you know, when it comes to devices, when it comes to mobile devices, whether it is your tablet, your mobile phone, we do. And listen, we, we try to treat everyone fairly. We do. We are journalists. We try to give love to all the different carriers and device makers, but in my particular area of Southern California, I'm kind of an AT&T guy, so my ears always perk up whenever there's AT&T news because that is actually my home carrier. It's where I get the best reception where I live, I saw, so it's natural to sort of bond, right? I saw I mean,
4: your ears perk up when I said AT&T.
2: Yeah, you did. Yes. Yeah, you literally saw them to the little hairs. My little cougar hairs were going. So... Who better to talk AT and T and all the announcements that were coming out of AT that were coming out of CES from AT and T than Meredith Redd. Meredith, thank you so much for joining us on the show.
5: Oh, thank you for having me. I am just so excited to be here, but uh, I'm more excited to be home from CES. I got to tell you, we talked about this a little earlier. Hundred and sixty thousand people this year there. It was crazy. Okay, that's
2: crazy. No, that's That's a crazy amount of people. And, of course, I mean, there were so many exciting things to talk about. So, I'm going to, you know, we're trying to let our guests do the intro as to what they're excited about. So, your thoughts just came out of CES. AT&T had some big announcements. What excited you about what's going on with AT&T?
5: Well, a couple of announcements that came out of CES this year were really exciting. Um, We have a new partnership with Subaru uh, to make their cars smart. Uh, we just announced we'd be carrying the LG G Flex 2. And I don't know if you guys know that phone, but I love that phone. It's beautiful screen. It bends. It's just fantastic. So I'm really excited about that. And yesterday, we just announced uh, that we are going to be carrying the BlackBerry Classic again. Ah, so for those of us, you know, it. you know how people get about their Blackberries.
2: Oh, yeah. Are you kidding? Mark, oh, uh, yeah. Mark here is, uh, is in love with his, he still wants to get back with BlackBerry because he has such great memories and loves the device. I I, re- I,
5: I mean, P- People get really uh, I remember people there was a real controversy back when blackberry went without the keypad on there and people just went crazy I've, re-
4: I've read a couple reviews about the blackberry classic and you know it weighs in different directions but I don't listen to any of it I need to get my hands on it and and one, really yeah. spend some time with it I miss that I missed <laughs> that experience it's well, I we'll need... make
5: sure you get one to get some hands on time for sure there you thank you very much that's a promise over here um, the other thing that got announced which I thought was exciting Extremely innovative uh, well you know we have those hackathons right I don't know if you guys know about our hackathons they happen like all over the US Right, uh, and a uh, bunch of people get together and we, there's normally like a theme like you know texting and driving or right, you know exactly. uh, we did like an autism uh, you know hackathon where people were creating uh, apps to help children with uh, autism and it's just incredible and uh, the stuff i 've seen come out of those hackathons have been just amazing, but we held a hackathon, and the theme this year was just really to uh, do something with with one of our you know either campaigns or one of our products so a couple digital lifers where they had like really like Airbnb meets digital life kind of thing where instead of like people sending you keys like snail mail it 's all on your phone you just and you like, get in, you go in or whatever. but the one that won and I thought this was so exciting it was called anti snoozer and it was based on our It can wait campaign. And basically, you know how you mount your phone up on your dashboard? The app basically watches your uh, yawning, your eyes, your pupils, and (laughs) then alerts you by setting off an alarm on your phone to wake you up.
4: My, my wife would love that in bed because when I start to fall on a No, because when I start well, to, fall, really no, ahead, I start yeah, to yeah. fall asleep, it means the snoring is coming, so the phone would actually wake me up and let her fall asleep. I like this. I'm not
5: sure where you're going to mount that sucker in there, but I'm going to leave that up to you. Yeah, the, I'm going to leave that talking, up to you. talking about the I'm phone, sure. not his
2: wife, I'm hoping, so yeah, there you go. Okay. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but <laughs> another great innovation that came out of CES this year was our Modio Smart Case. Have you guys heard about this
4: Absolutely. Thing? This is what, honestly, this is the one that I saw, and I said, Mitchell, you got to call well, Meredith, because this is genius. Yeah, really it brilliant. is
5: genius, because you know when you go in, or someone's getting you an iPad, and you know, there's a lot, is, when you add the bells and whistles on, like, you know, all that memory, and then of course being able to connect with the network, it can get really pricey.
4: Absolutely. Yep.
5: So this case, it's the Modio Smart case, it is going to, so you, basically you pop your iPad, and it works with most iPad minis and most iPad Airs, I think. I get, if you want a list it's on it's on the website, but there's a big there list go. of iPads that work with it. Uh, so basically, you just pop the iPad in the case, and the case itself has a SIM card in it. So you could add it to your data share plan if you've got that, uh, you, or you can get a new plan with it. The pricing and all that has not been announced yet, so I can't really okay. say because I don't know. But not only that, but wait, there's more. There's Definitely more. my white. favorite there's part. <laughs> uh, you can add 32 gigs. With an SD card.
4: Of storage. So this not only gives you the, the, the cellular connection that you would normally pay Apple tons of money for, but gives you the actual storage as well.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. Gives you, so let's say I you buy it. a 16, which is what I personally have, and I'm all right. bummed out because I wanted to download some, like, really crazy movie. Like, I think it was uh, Cool as Ice, Starring Vanilla Ice, but don't tell anyone. That's our little all secret. All right.
2: right. No, no, that's all yours. That's all yours. <laughs>
5: And my iPad was like, no, sorry, no more storage. But if I had this case, I could add 30, I could be downloading as many vanilla ice movies as I wanted.
4: Now, let's say that you had this case, it's on your plan, and you wanted to download all those vanilla ice movies, but this month you don't have enough data.
5: Well, luckily, we just announced (laughs) our rollover data plan. Now, I'm really excited (laughs) about this because I think people are really going to love it. Uh, So basically, it starts end of January. And so let's say you have, it's like rollover minutes, if you remember that concept. Of course. So right. basically you had those extra minutes and you didn't talk to Nana last month, but you had like an hour's worth of minutes. You could talk to Nana next month for an extra hour because we're all dying to call Nana and be like, Nana, what's happening? Uh, so this is the same thing, except instead of my last month, I didn't download the Vanilla Ice movie, but next month I will be able to download two because I held on to those rollover data.
2: So here's, here's what I wanted to say, I just, just to be clear on this, because I was, you know, obviously, you know, it's no secret that T-Mobile made this announcement. And once they did, I was just hoping and waiting that other carriers, AT&T specifically, would follow suit. And they did. And I'm really excited about this. But just to be clear for our listeners, Meredith, this is not a traditional rollover plan that they're used to with their minutes. Because with minutes, the rollover minutes continue to add up and add up and add up. Now with this one, explain it. Uh, yeah, it resets so basically every month. So
5: basically what it yeah. is, is it's kind of a month to month. So if last month you had, you have, let's say you have a 10-gig plan, and last month you only used five, so next month you're going to get that extra five, but that doesn't move on past that. But then right. that month when you have extra gigs, then it will, roll from that month, then it will roll over. So it's one month to one month, if that makes yeah, it re- sense.
2: It resets every month, and every month you're entitled to the leftover minutes from your existing plan the previous month. So that's a, that's a good way to explain it, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I think it. It's
5: it's data, not minutes. But Yes, gotcha. that's the I'm way. I'm sorry,
2: data. It. What am I saying? See, I, see, I'm such a rollover minute guy. The data, data, data. <laughs> oh,
5: Mitchell, oh, Mitchell, But I just wanted to put it sort of in a snackable way for people to understand, like what it co- what the concept is. Um, so yeah, so I'm really excited about it. Um, we've had it in the works a while, just so you know. I just don't want to be like. Hating on anyone, but we've had it in the works. It's been it's been in the pipeline, <laughs> uh, but I think people are going to be really excited. But it, and right now, uh, another little uh, caveat on this is it's only on the mobile share plan, which is like the data buckets. But most of our uh, customers sense. are on that plan, and you don't have to sign up. It just automatically we automatically put you on it
2: that's great no, that's great and that's not a caveat at all because like you said that's the plan if people are not using the mobile share plan they should be because it's probably the best value that you guys have and one of the better values around so that's that's definitely a plus you have a, a great rollover data plan on the best mobile plan you have it's
5: perfect oh my gosh i love talking to you guys you guys are fun
2: <laughs> and, and see how i said data this
4: time i didn't say minutes look how smart I oh you're so
2: smart.
5: perfect i love it you're making a cheat sheet aren't you
4: Yeah, he is. Trust me, he is. (laughs) Meredith Red from AT&T, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to have you on again soon because we we go too long. These stretches between speaking to you just is too long.
5: Oh, you guys are so sweet. All right, well, have a good one, and I'll talk to you guys soon.
4: Thank you, Meredith. Go get some rest from CES. Go go
2: relax.
5: I
4: will. It's your Tech Report right here. I am Mark Flalo. He is Mitchell Whitfield. We've got way more to talk about. Lots of CES news. The Consumer Electronics Show ending this past week in Las Vegas, and it sets the stage for everything in technology that's coming up. We will be back in just a couple seconds right here on your Tech Report.
0: Your Tech Report will be right back. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com.
4: And of course on Twitter, it's at Your Report on facebook.com slash yourtechreport, and the pages of yourtechreport.com. It's Your Tech Report, Marka Flallow and Mitchell Whitfield with you talking about everything CES, and you cannot escape a CES without hearing about a company that you may have heard of before, Intel.
2: Oh, that little company? You yeah, that
4: little that, that little company. Yeah. A- yeah. And Mitchell Intel is front and and present for way more reasons than people even realize. And now, now, I'm going to let you
2: do the official intro, Mark, but let me just to give people a little context here. Um, you know, we talk with a lot of people. We talk with a lot of computer manufacturers, mobile device manufacturers. We talk to a lot of folks and you don't realize, I mean, you realize the power a company has, but you don't realize it in full until you talk to these companies and they're like, well, we're waiting to see the next chip set that Intel comes up with or the next, the next gadget that Intel comes up with, because that will affect our product line. So Forget what you know about just oh they make they make they just do this just do that. Intel does so much more, Mark, and they really affect the market, the tech market in general, because everyone in the industry waits to see what they're doing to plan what they're going to do next.
4: So, what better way to talk about Intel than to talk to someone at Intel who's even, probably even more passionate about all the things that they are doing? So, brand manager Mr. Brian Diener. I got you that got right. It. I got, you it right. got it right. Right. Hey, <laughs> good morning, guys. How are you, Brian? <laughs> good morning. Brian, I want to ask you, the the first question I've been asking people is, what excites you the most of the announcements that your company has made at CES?
6: Well, it really was a uh, a big week for us, that's that's for sure. And I think that um, what excites us most is the passion of the engineers we have who really develop uh, this technology that go into the kinds of experiences that people want to have, whether that's wearable technology or the thinnest tablet that's out there or a, a new kind of charging device, or something that helps with a uh, in a baby car seat. Uh, it's it's the technology that, w- that we develop that allow people to, to to go and do exciting things in their own lives.
2: And now, Brian, I'm not overstating things when I talk about companies. Let's let we you know we deal a lot with Alienware, and we talk with Ray Watkins over there, a great guy. And when they're talking about slimming down their computer line, or when Apple is talking about slimming down their computer line, they can't do this unless they have a chipset. That number one is powerful, number two has great heat management, does not require a separate fan I mean so these all these advances in laptops just in the chip world really depend on what you guys deliver on a quarterly basis. I'm not crazy here, right
6: no that's right i mean we're we're really at the forefront of that, and in fact, we had some 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 great announcements this week around our next generation of what we call our 14-nanometer processor. But what does that mean? Well, what that means for a consumer is it allows you to have things like the world's thinnest tablet that we right. just uh, showed this week that came out from Dell. It was available last weekend, and it's less than 6 millimeters. It's based on an Intel Atom processor and an Intel Atom uh, X or an Intel XMM chip with an LTE modem. But it also has things like sense, Intel RealSense technology in it, which allows people to have new and immersive uh, interaction with their tablets. So not as it. Not only is it just thin, but it kind of does cool things.
4: T- tell me more about, about, about RealSense because I've seen a couple applications so far since you've made that announcement. The one that interested me the most is that uh, that focusing technology where you can focus on a picture after the fact.
6: That's exactly right. So that's that's called the Intel RealSense snapshot camera. And really, it's, it's three cameras built into the back of your tablet. So you can you know run around and take uh, photos when you're out in the world, and then literally pull up your gallery of photos afterwards. And with one touch, you're able to do things like Change the depth uh, perception. Change the, change the focus in different areas of the photo. Measure things from point to point or even simply change filters. I mean, things that used to take really expensive, uh, you know, photo equipment and Photoshop is now literally done with a touch of a finger in a tablet.
2: No, I got to tell you, to me that is one of the coolest. That was one of the coolest advancements around, especially that you guys are at the forefront of. Because how many people take pictures? They decide later after the picture's already taken, which in most cases, and only a year or so ago, it's done. You didn't get the right person in focus. It's done. Too bad the moment's gone. Now the moment is never gone. You can selectively focus uh, uh, the picture where you want. That to me, it, it seems so simple. But without the technology that you guys create, that doesn't exist. And I think the the average consumer doesn't realize the effect that Intel Products have on their everyday life. Could you, could you also? You, you had mentioned wearables because I think when it comes to wearables, whether it's smartwatch, clothing, I, that is the next big thing that we are waiting to have explode. Everyone's waiting for Apple Watch, all this stuff. Tell me about Intel and what they're doing in the world of wearables.
6: Sure. In fact, we made it. We made a, a, a fun announcement this week, I think, around this uh, button-sized compute thing called the Intel Curie module. Yep. What is that? Well, really. It's a really small development platform that's about the size of a coat button. And what's going to happen with that? Well, it's going to go into things like clothing and sporting gear that, that brings you know, compute and sensing and Bluetooth capabilities. So you're able to have these wearable devices, whether it's a fitness or, or a fashion device, that where you can really um, collect data about yourself and have better experiences when you're out in the world.
4: That That's just insane. I, you know, I go through the list of things that, that you announced at CES, on, and we could probably talk for hours and hours and hours on it, but, um, but I like focusing on certain things. And one of the things that popped out of me, which not a lot of people are talking about, is the wireless charging world of things as well, because you've done some collaborations with some pretty cool companies to give people wireless charging where you not necessarily would have had it before.
6: That's exactly right. In fact, we had some announcements this week. Uh, of our our new wireless charging that's really built on a standard called the resins. But we had some announcements with uh, Marriott, with Hilton, with uh, San Francisco Airport, Emirates, where you can really create these uh, charging zones, whether that's a a table or an accessory. So you're able to charge your laptops, charge your phones, charge your your tablets by just placing them on a surface, no wires required.
4: Love it. Okay, so the last thing I want to ask you about is this computer on a stick. (laughs) (laughs)
2: it sounds like an edible that's why you're like it's
4: called the compute stick and it's basically giving you that windows windows 8 experience on an hdmi enabled device correct
6: that's exactly right i mean it it sounds like just what it is and has some really interesting applications from both the office to the home uh it's 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 a computer the size of a stick uh that's brought to you by advanced intel technology
2: Okay, see, now I'm going to have to take this in one other direction because you got your computer on a stick, and I think because you're a foodie, it sounds edible. I'm going to take mine into the gaming world for a moment because obviously what Intel does does have an impact on the gaming world in huge ways, not just on the processor side. So there's a company that we worked with a long time ago. Uh, Brian, called Figure Prints. And it's okay. our buddy Ed Freeze, uh, who I'm sure you know. And you know, he was, you know, he created this company to make 3D printed models of your World of Warcraft avatars. It was really groundbreaking at the time. People have seen an advancement now in 3D printing. Do you guys have something going with HP right now in the world of 3D printing?
6: Well, we had a number of announcements this week, and, and it's really based on, on this overall RealSense technology, which, right. which gives you uh, the ability to do things like 3D scan of your face and then right. you're able to put that into uh, ver- various print-, print modules, whether you want to, you know, print something in a, you know, uh, la- laser at your image in a cube or, or print, a, print, a, uh, print a hand, for instance. Um, we have a number of different companies we're working with to really bring this 3D printing to life.
2: Well, you know what? We need to have the 3D printing get even better and better because I have to tell you, I got one of those lasers and laser etchings in a cube for my wife as a gift, and uh, I guess I did this several years ago, and it came out very creepy because all the kids and myself, we had dead eyes, and it freaked my (laughs) wife out a little bit, so the fact that the technology is advancing means not frightening my loved ones, and if Intel can help with that, I'm all aboard. (laughs)
6: Absolutely. In fact, the RealSense technology will do things like it'll it'll pick up 78 points on your face. So it's a very precise wow. technology, which, which allows you to not have those dead eyes you talked about uh, and, really, and really bring yourself <laughs> to life.
4: I love it. Brian Dieter, brand manager from Intel. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us this week.
2: Thanks, guys. Have a great day.
4: Okay, now, Mark,
2: we have talked, obviously, uh, to a bunch of different folks. We just talked uh, Intel, and we talked about wearable devices. Wearable devices are kind of a really cool thing right now. And I think at CES, when we look at accessory devices, this is this is the next big thing because we have these great homes, we have these smartphones, we have great tablets, we have home integration, and the next big thing that we've talked about is integrating all of these devices into our lives in different ways. And there's a company out there called Vert, and that's V-E-R-T. And they're doing something really, really cool that lets you use your mobile device in a way that you probably have never imagined. And we have the company CEO, Vert CEO, Marty Maytack. Marty, thank you so much for coming on the show today.
7: Oh, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.
2: Now, for people that don't know, just give them the short version, now this device that you guys make, This is a device that can attach to you. It's either built into a clothing device or it actually attaches to you, and it measures your vertical leap. Am I correct here?
7: That's correct. And uh, as as we've all been young at some point in our life, to be able to know how high you can jump is such an amazing uh, piece of knowledge. But we also have the capability of knowing how many times. And some of the things, just like any other business, you get pulled in directions you didn't expect, and so the injury prevention side for us is something that's really blowing up uh, just like pitch count for baseball uh... jump count so crucial for sports like volleyball or
2: basketball and this is something and here's the really cool part now in the past this is something that would have to be monitored by a coach there are there are jump measurements like the old school machine with the little slide flaps that would show how high you could go. And then whichever flap right. you hit next, that would tell you one a little higher. So this is this is something that has usually been measured in the very old school traditional way by this device or by a coach that would watch. But to do it in a way like this, to do it now, to let people that don't know how it works, there's an there is a there's an app that goes with it. And the the little dongle that you either wear that's integrated, it sends the information to your mobile device so you can actually track and train accordingly.
7: That's right. So it's as simple as when you're wearing it. Like, let's say it's a a kid in basketball practice. Um, You you literally just wear it um, around your waist, um, and you get all the analytics real-time on an iOS uh, device. So if you could see how high and how many. And then the other thing that uh, we're even more excited about with CES and all the things that are coming out there is we think the... uh, the smartwatch category is going to really put wearables in mainstream. And so it's all been kind of building up to this moment. And when Apple enters the marketplace, we think it's just going to change everything. So on the good news, it's going to kind of really shape up the market because you really have to be in in a unique niche. I think it's also going to knock out a lot of companies because you really don't need a lot of the other things because it's all in some of these devices that Samsung and Apple are doing. So for us... The great part about it is you have to wear our device to get the jump analytics and other things that we could do as well. And what we also unveiled is a smartwatch app that gives you the ability to do jump rate. So think about heart rate 40 years ago and trying to explain that. Now we understand the importance of it. Uh, For us, the jump rate side of it is going to be exciting for warm-ups or jump rope exercises or the CrossFit uh, people that love doing that stuff to be able to see how many jumps and how fast. minute is a
4: really big thing we we know how important statistics are in sports not only professional sports but people are as you said because of wearables just personal fitness everybody's obsessed with everything they're doing whether it's distance and you name it so when you when this device came to be what was the target market was it you know in my mind obviously this must have started with basketball but i doubt that's the case yeah
7: yeah, 100 percent was basketball. Okay. It, and I, the original idea was actually twenty years ago. I was coaching oh, really? the league kids. Yeah, it was, you know there were twelve to sixteen year olds. All they care about was how high they can jump and what new <laughs> pair of shoes their parents just bought for them, right? And so that was the aha moment. But then years later, as I started to really get into it, is where I realized it had to be integrate, integrated in clothing and be very Apple-like, so that it's just seamless to a consumer. They don't really think about it. They play. They come back, and here's all your stats. Um, what's really happened is as soon as the volleyball world found out about it they freaked out about it because yeah. of the injury prevention side and then that's why in a very short period of time we became the official wearable technology of u.s.a volleyball and now we're working with the elite of the elite for those sports Um and you know they just won the world championship which is amazing it's the first time u.s.a has ever done that and you know as we know next year is going to be the olympics in twenty sixteen so getting all those analytics and trying to really start understanding what jump load means and stuff is really exciting, uh, and then of course, the basketball side I mean there's nothing better than seeing someone dunk and know how high that was well I'm it really uh, all started
4: I'm kind of worried that they're gonna put this in in hockey sticks and we're gonna have instant <laughs> instant high sticking penalties right you know right a, without even needing yeah. a ref in the on the ice
7: yeah exactly yeah and there and there's so many other applications to it and what you can start doing with it, just like when we started with jump height, and then now we're getting into more of the impact side of things with the jump rope exercises and stuff like that. So there's just a lot of capabilities with it. Um, The big picture for us is, you know, we became, once we started integrating with volleyball, we became the first wearable technology to break the barrier with with being on jumbotrons in an NCAA game. That was super exciting this year. So the, the fans in the stadiums were actually watching the player data stream real time. So it wasn't just... For the athletes and coaches, it was also for the viewers. And then uh, that gave us the capability to test with ESPN, and then we became the first to actually put it on air. So we see the the runway with this becoming really um, unique um, in that element, because it's no different than watching uh, pitch speed on TV that we're so used to, or the yellow line in football. Uh, be able to create all those new dynamics It's just fun for the viewer as well.
4: Exactly. I was going to say it's opening new doors for the viewer who, you know, especially on, on analytics-based sports, you're looking at, at baseball. Everybody's crunching the numbers. Big fans are sitting there taking the stats. But with different sports and different applications of technology like this, it's opening a whole new dimension of the game that people are understanding things a bit better and becoming a, really passionate about. So seeing technology like this being used and being shown to the consumer it's not only just you know for for coaches and and staff is really really neat and i can see i can see 10 years down the road where this is going to be even it, it's going to break incredible barriers
7: yeah i'll give you a fun uh side of it too uh when we were at the um AAU junior national championship game which um, you know, we're here at CES right now. It's about 150,000 people, as I was told. Those events have about 70,000. So can you imagine 70,000 volleyball-type people there? <laughs> and we wow. had this big interactive court set up. And what was neat about it, we had these big, uh, what they're called, AccuSpike machines that you hit for um, when you're jumping. And when you hit the ball, we were showing it real time on a big vert power how high you were jumping. And we created this fun engagement. Where we have a 25 inch club and a 30 inch club and a 40 inch club, and the kids just went freaking nuts over it. So we would give out a t shirt to the kid that wore, you know, that jumped 25 inches or 30 inches, and now they were in the 30 inch club. So the fun fact of that is obviously you do something really neat, parents are proud of you, your friends are happy that you just jumped that high, and of course the person in this as well. But it was also the setting up a new standard for uh analytics and sports. You know, coaches are gonna start recruiting for the thirty inch club. They're gonna look for certain kids in those areas. And we also created that social platform we call it props, where you give someone props and um and <laughs> that's cool. Those little social, yeah, we gave those little social badges like I'm in the thirty inch club. Things like that. And that's we really think,
2: smart. We think
7: yeah, we think that's where you have to go with all this stuff because there's always a novelty, oh cool, that was twenty eight inches, but you have to create those benchmarks. You know, like everyone knows in basketball, it's a 10-foot rim. You could, if you can touch, if you could jump and touch 10 feet, you have to be able to touch that rim. So we're creating that same dynamic, and it starts with little kids all the way to the elite players. So um, I, think, I think that's part of the fun part of it, is to create those analytics so that people understand exactly what that is.
4: Very cool, very cool. Marty, Marty, Matak, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. This is one of, we're going to we call it a watch list where we're definitely going to keep our eye on your technology because it's, it's obviously growing and CES was a big, big year for you guys and we really kudos to what you're doing and bringing to the sports. Well,
7: well thanks for having me and uh, Happy New Year.
4: It's your Tech Report. We're talking everything about CES. Coming up, a very cool guy, he is the CEO of RDO. What is audio? You'll find out when we come back on Your Tech Report.
0: There's more Your Tech Report after this. Now, back to Your Tech Report.
4: It's Your Tech Report. Marka Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield with you talking all about CES and big announcements out of CES on many platforms. Car, car audio and car tech is one of those things that really took front and center. But I, I wanted to focus in on a specific service, and that's Ardeo. It's a social streaming media service, and I'll let the CEO of the company explain exactly what it is, but I have to tell you who we're talking to, Mitchell, here. We're not just talking to any company. We're talking to a specific person who has come with, with credits such as Apple, such as Microsoft, right. um, such as Amazon. So Hugely impressive resume. Needless to say, a huge resume. Yeah, I feel very short right now, even though I am. <laughs> On the phone with us, um, Anthony Bay, CEO at Ardeo. Anthony, how are you?
5: I'm doing very well, sir. Thank you
1: very much.
4: Tell me something. How on earth, from all... I know that the background is obviously in media in all these different companies that you've worked with, and it goes back quite a while. How did you land in this spot at I,
8: um Before RDO I was running Amazon's digital video business, so Amazon Prime Video and uh, the transactional business, and I had over the course of the last 20 years, I've been very involved in digital media, starting at Microsoft where, you know, frankly getting things to stream was the big challenge. You know, people, I think most people don't realize the internet was actually designed to um, not support streaming. And so you, you break everything up into little bits and send them through routers all over the place and then try to put them back together. So you know, everybody thought it was pretty exciting that you could actually get something to stream. And so from that evolution, you know, to this is, is, is really part of a journey and in all the different jobs I've been in over the last 20 years, it's really involved that. So this this is, I think, one of the most exciting times to be in the music business in in some really basic ways. For the first time, really, in history, it's possible to take all the world's recorded music and make it available to people yeah. anywhere they are, anytime, yeah. uh, in, in, in any country, and to make that very personalized to them. So it really is... It really is remarkable in a lot of ways it's very similar to what happened you know with the web you know fifteen years ago or twenty years ago, where all of a sudden you could access all this information so now that the convergence of all these things, all the different devices that are coming out that are available that that can stream as well as the ability to get the rights makes this makes this frankly an amazing moment so I'm pretty excited
4: Mitchell and my background is is audio. We are broadcasters at heart. We worked in the radio business and the voiceover world. So you get a, spe- a special kind of respect from us when you go from a digital video world to focus on audio because it shows that you understand the importance of audio in our world. And a lot of people don't get that. So so kudos to you on that for sure.
8: All right, well, thanks. Well, look, it's. I think every human being on the planet with maybe Two or three exceptions who are out of range. <laughs> Listen to radio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen to radio. Radio is as close to a universal medium as we have on the planet, so you know, it's it's pretty important.
4: So, it, tell me about the announcements specifically at CES this year. These are some really cool partnerships that help expand your brand.
8: Yes, uh, thanks for asking. So we we are focused on at, at the highest level a vision of making every song ever recorded available on any device anywhere in the world instantly tuned to each individual listener, each individual person. So what we announced at CES is a continuation of that mission. We announced a number of things with connected home audio to allow you to stream audio in your home. Um, We announced TV partnerships and we announced auto partnerships. So it's Home devices, mobile devices, um, a pretty broad, pretty broad range of partners.
2: But what I was going to ask you, Anthony, is. Uh how, how important do you see the car audio part of your business? And I'm asking that because it seems that the industry, and I'm talking not just larger than streaming and audio streaming and social media, but the tech industry in general has put so much focus on the home and being mobile on your person when you're walking and you're out and about that I almost feel like the automobile is still that wild, unclaimed frontier that's been dominated by, and you know we air on XM as well, by XM and HD radio. So there's still this wild frontier that's available in the car. That I think is untapped. So, how important is that business to your business?
8: Well, you all are in the radio business, so you know the, the percentage of radio listening that happens in, in vehicles is extremely high. I don't offhand know exactly the percentage, uh, but it is, uh, you know, anywhere in the world, uh, listening in cars is one of the highest uses of radio and, and music as well. Historically, it's been cassettes or CDs or people plug in an iPod or, or a USB drive. But listening in cars is, is a high percentage of overall usage. And there actually is a lot of emphasis on making it work in cars, really in two ways. The, the simplest one is Bluetooth or an auxiliary cable. You, know, you plug in your phone, or you plug in Pretty much today, it's a phone. Right. Where you, or you stream via Bluetooth. You know, the challenge with that is you know, it's dangerous. It's just as dangerous as texting. You know when you're trying to pick a song to play on your phone while you're driving yeah. it's not very safe so the good news is I would say close to 100% of current vehicles allow you to connect your phone and and play but but they don't do it in in an integrated and safe way so the current generation of work is really all around integrating into cars and I think you will see you saw at CES this year a remarkable emphasis by car companies and all of the related parties that are involved in that business on entertainment systems and information systems in cars. So it's, it's not that, and it's really only a few years um, back where cars started to be a big part of CES. There's a whole, a whole big part of CES. that's just about cars. That's right. The challenge with cars is the life cycles and the development and just the process make it much longer lead time. You know, new, new TV models come out all the time, but the planning for the 2017 vehicles is happening now. And so it takes a while to happen. You look even at Sirius, the number of years it took before Sirius got integrated into cars. It was was for a long time that Sirius was an aftermarket thing. And then at one point, sometime in the last few years, Sirius was pretty much integrated in the dash of of almost every vehicle in North America. Yeah, it was almost
4: a pivot. You know, aftermarket kind of became a secondary thing that it kind of... Honestly, doesn't even exist much these days. It
8: doesn't even exist much, yeah. and and that pivot is what made. If you look at the history of Sirius and you look at the growth, when basically you had AM/FM, you know HD is a variant of that, but AM, you know AM/FM and Sirius on your dash, then it just became another choice, and people it, it was a level playing field, um, and Sirius could then could then compete for listening in that sense, and the same thing is happening with digital entertainment streaming you, you you see those vehicles today and they're starting to ship now they in certain you know certain cars are out already where it's the next generation of that it's you know it's am fm in north america at least sirius although sirius is only in north america am fm um sirius and then other choices so we, when the world is am fm sirius rdo it, there you what, go. <laughs> well, will will, that was the point of the Bosch relationship. Yeah. It's already that way in uh, in Tesla vehicles outside the United States and Volvo vehicles, where it's integrated into the dash in that way. So that's the that's the big change that will happen is all these all the other services will be integrated um, in some form or another. But it still takes it still takes a lot of work on our part to figure out what is the right user experience in a car. It's not the same. And, and so you have to figure out what that is. And a lot of our work, the thing we announced with Bosch was taking the opportunity to figure out what is a reference design of a streaming music service in a vehicle. How do you, what matters? Because the navigation is clearly different when you're driving than when you're on your phone or when you're in front of a TV. And so we've, we focused a lot on that, and, and that was why we were excited about Bosch.
4: We our our show specifically airs also on a on a network called Accessible Media, which is designed to distribute audio to people with visual impairments. So the importance of services like your like RDO is is immense and, and it's known especially in our, in in that niche market. What I kinda want you to put your sales hat on here for a second because the one of the unique things about RDO is that without paying a penny, you're still giving people access to stations. So these are, I'm assuming, curated playlists and different genres. So you're you're still you really you, you recognize that this music should be available to the world just like other radio stations do. And kudos to that. So what is for that fee, that monthly fee, what is that unique selling proposition?
8: Sure. So RDO started out as a subscription only service. Uh, $10 a month in the U.S., uh, a little more in Canada historically, although we've recently lowered it. And about four months ago, we actually launched at the Toronto Film Festival. We launched an Internet radio experience. So in Canada, you don't have Pandora. Pandora is only available in the United States. But that model of computer-generated stations, you you, you tell us an artist, uh, you tell us a song, and we make a station out of that. So, you know, you can have a, you know, a Taylor Swift station. And, or if you like country, you can have a Blake Shelton station. So, that, that if you will, customized radio has been the radio revolution in a lot of ways in, in, um, after after Sirius' revolution, that is that personalized radio. And up until four months ago, you had to be a subscriber to be able to get radio from RDO. Um, and as part of the full subscription, what we did is we introduced a free. Uh, free to the user, internet radio service. So it is similar to Pandora, if you will. It's a combination of both curated stations, we create stations. We have we have programmers here that create stations, uh, and most of our top stations, frankly, turn out to be those. We also offer the the algorithmic computer generated stations. So it's a very very rich set of choices for people because you know if you look if you look at the radio market, the radio market is dominated by ad-supported but free to the user. Yeah. Sirius, you know, Sirius is, a great, is a great experience, but it's a tiny fraction of the total, of the total listening population. And that, so therefore, it's really the same idea, is we think there's a very broad audience, which frankly at some point is everyone, uh, who will be interested in this. Not in necessarily instead of, but in addition to. We think that what we do adds to the radio experience. It's another form of radio if you will. And, and in the same sense, people who listen to Sirius generally don't only listen to Sirius, they, if, even if they pay for it. They have multiple. So that's kind of step one. But what that doesn't give you, just the way the license agreement works uh, is, if you will, radio is an experience where you pick what station you listen to, but you don't control the programming on the station, Yeah. right? Um, On-demand, if you will, a subscription service in our world, in, in the streaming and, and download world we're in, you do pick what you want to listen to. I can listen to any song. I can listen to any album. I can make a playlist of anything I want. I can follow other people, listen to what they're listening. I have complete 100% control over a 35 million song library. The simple way to explain it to people is you have everything on iTunes you know, for $10 a month. And you have access to that whole library in any way you want. You can dive as deep as you want and listen. So those really are the two things. The The free version is... And our free version, unlike other people's free versions, are some of our competitors, will work in cars and does work in homes. And it because it's radio and radio, for the most part, the music industry thinks of as promotional. So those are the choices. If you want to listen to a, a a great radio experience, different than the classic type radio, but still that radio idea, and you're willing to hear ads, that's free. If you want to pick what you listen to. And listen to it without ads, and download and listen offline. Then you pay for that. And really, those are the two. Those are the two choices.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to. You know, Anthony, I'm listening as someone obviously that that's doing a radio show, and we're interviewing you. But I'm also listening as a consumer. And this is kind of a powerful message that you're that you're sending with with RDO and what you're talking about the future, because we we've certainly become accustomed to digital devices in our daily life, whether it's your smartphone, your tablet, a connected home. And one of the things that these devices offer is customization. And when it comes to music, having the power on the consumer end to create a customizable experience for yourself, as far as we've come technology-wise, we haven't had that, at least in a a really succinct, great, smart package. So what you're offering is a really powerful tool and something great on the consumer end that we're sort of used to in other facets of our life that we should be getting in music, and RDO will allow us to have that.
8: I'm going to sign you up, my friend. (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, you know, but you know what, it really is true, because I think that's, it's a model that we've be- become accustomed to, but we yeah. haven't gotten it in the music world, and this is a huge thing. I think it's a huge thing.
8: Yeah, and you know, you, you, you literally, you said it, you know, at, at least as well as I could have, and that's, well, if you go back to what I said in the beginning of the conversation, in a sense, that's why this is such an incredible time, because over the next few years, that understanding is going to percolate down to people, and they're going to realize, right. wow, I can have this and i can have it everywhere and it knows it not only knows who i am it knows what i've been listening to when i've been listening to it yeah. at some point you know we'll know you're at home and what we suggest that you hear at night after work is going to be different than when you're driving And but yet that you know it's our job in that universe of things that you listen on to know who you are where you are and what you want to listen to and help you make that experience as great as possible out of you know the world's library of music and so that's I agree with you. I think it's incredibly exciting. And once people understand, you rarely find someone who goes back. I have not found a single person that I know of who started using a service like this and stopped.
4: Anthony Bay, you are the CEO of RDO. I'm going to spell that for people just so they don't mess it up when they go sign up right now. R-D-I-O dot com. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, guys. And you have a great day. Mitchell, we'll be back in just a couple seconds.
0: There's more Your Tech Report after this. This is Your Tech Report. For gadget news and reviews, click to yourtechreport.com.
4: It's Your Tech Report on Facebook, facebook.com slash report. On Twitter, it is at your tech report. Marka Aflalo in Montreal. Mitchell Whitfield for you in Los Angeles. What a week, Mitchell. CES wrapping up in Las Vegas. Lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. If you click to yourtechreport.com, we've got some interviews that you you didn't necessarily hear today, uh, because we just don't necessarily have all the time. Wait a minute, there, there's stuff that people
2: didn't get to hear today? Oh,
4: I Mitchell. thought we were talking our buns off. Oh, we were talking our buns off, but there's lots of stuff. You know, if you were to th- look back at CES, I was trying to think, what are the top three categories of products that really kind of broke out this year at CES? I think automotive tech is definitely high top of that list.
2: Uh, automotive tech would be number one because we're starting to see, and this is one of the things we talked about, Uh, In our interviews, we're starting to see uh, a a convergence of the things we do at home and the things that we do personally on the road. We're starting to see those products take place in vehicles, meaning all the things we can do on smartphones, whether it's music, information, entertainment. We're seeing a convergence of portable audio with home – I'm sorry, with with automobile tech. Now, Mark… One of the things we didn't talk about, which we've talked about on previous shows, I wanted to ask your opinion. At what point do you think we're going to see an automobile-neutral platform? We've talked about this on other episodes, and we talked about it with CEOs and marketing directors today in our interviews. Cars are hardware-driven, okay? Whether, you know, it used to be if you had a car, it either had Sirius or XM before the merger, or it had HD radio, it had one thing or another. It had a cassette player or or a CD player. Now, what if cars became neutral platform or platform neutral where whatever device like your smartphone you bring into your vehicle, your car would take that information and display it on the head unit? How far do you think we are off from auto manufacturers just saying, you know, the heck with this. Forget about going with one platform or the other. Let's completely go digital. Are we ever going to see this?
4: Uh, you know, One of the things that drew my attention was specifically with an announcement from Audi was the fact that their new infotainment system supports both iPhone and Android. So right. people are focusing on the fact that things are, are multi-platform compatible. Will we see that? I don't know. I really I don't know because I, I, as a couple of people we spoke to said, CarTech is so behind because they have to get it into models. So they're planning now for things we're going to see in three years.
2: Well, let me ask you this, and then this is here's the real question, and this will affect how manufacturers approach dealing with the audio industry. And here's the question: All things being equal, you see a BMW that you love, you see an Audi that you love. I'm trying to keep it apples to apples, you know. Yeah. yeah. You see BMW, and they're both great cars. They both drive the same. One car is clearly more Apple friendly. If you're an Apple, let's say you're just an Apple guy, even though we use all the platforms, yeah, yeah. you're an Apple guy. One is more Apple friendly. One is really more Android driven for the in car experience. Are you going to get – would you make a car buying or leasing decision based on how friendly it was to your particular smartphone platform?
4: I would, would absolutely, make absolutely make that decision. Okay, absolutely. So, now, so would
2: I. Now, yeah. I'm wondering, is this just us? Or if this is the case, do car manufacturers really want people to make a choice for their car based on what phone they're having? This is why I'm saying – we need to have a neutral platform so that, like, like you were saying, cars just will support Android. They'll support Windows Phone. Let's have a neutral platform so we're not having to build hardware based on what we think a consumer wants.
4: Yeah, I think you know they Yeah, I think it's important. I think it's absolutely important. So before we wrap up, because we only have about a minute and a half left, I wanted to mention a piece of news that we, you and I, haven't even spoken about yet: the resurrection of a brand that you and I have been loved, Palm.
2: I, I, I don't even want to get excited. I, I, I happen to dust off the old Palm. That just sounded so wrong. Yes, I know. Uh, my old Palm device, I should say, in the closet. I still ha- I still have my handspring device, so I'm so excited about this, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen, because like you are to BlackBerry, that's my the affinity I have toward Palm. Well, let's
4: not forget this company, not only with their webOS that has been bought by LG, it's going to be used in some smart and some televisions. This company introduced us to inductive charging, which is where we've now, now- Today we've seen connected homes with wireless charging. Yep, and I think that HP
2: HP kind of dropped the ball. They didn't give it enough support when they originally took over Palm. So I'm glad to see it resurrected. It's a platform I've always loved.
4: It is your tech report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. We have more to come because we've got two hours of your tech report right here on Sirius XM. Don't go anywhere. Some great opportunities and interviews coming up as we continue on your tech report here on Sirius XM.
0: to your tech
4: report. It's your tech report. Mark Flallow and Mitchell Whitfield with you. Mitchell, I love having guests on the show, especially when the guests are going to talk to us about something that we are passionate about. And that is audio today.
2: Obviously, Mark and I, we talk about this all the time. We kind of grew up in recording studios. So anytime we can talk about audio products, we know we have listeners that are also vision impaired. So audio is a huge part of our daily lives and our listeners' lives. And who better to talk audio and what company to talk about better than Samson? Now, we talked about Samson both on the website when we started and on the radio show. We love their fabulous USB Meteor mic, which I travel with when I want to record on the road. We've used their digital recorders. And we have today with us James Petershack, product specialist, man- From Samson to talk about what great announcements Samson had at CES. James, thanks for joining us, man. Hey, guys, my pleasure. Thank you.
4: So, James, tell me, what in terms of your announcements are you most excited about personally?
3: Oh, man, personally, you know, we have a a brand new wireless system that's that's geared uh, for uh, camera. It's called the Concert 88 Camera. It's a small uh, system, it sits right on top of uh, a DSLR. And it's frequency agile, uh, has a nice lavalier, has a real, real crisp sound. I think personally, since I'm kind of a camera guy, too, uh, that's my personal favorite. But we got a ton of stuff, really. Headphones, new USB microphones, which is uh, a, a real great category for us. We do real well in that sector. And um, some new headphones, which I'm real excited about, too.
2: Now, one of the things I wanted to touch on, James, you mentioned the microphone. Now, you have a new USB microphone that will plug into your Mac or your PC. Is that correct? Correct. We so tell several, us a little bit about actually. that. because Yeah, tell us a little bit about that one because that one for us and for our listeners, portable recording, you know, it isn't just for reporters anymore. It just seems like everyone has their own audio blog, has their own podcast. So portable recording, especially for you guys, is a huge segment. Talk about this new plug-and-play USB mic that you guys have out.
3: Well, you guys mentioned that you, you love the Meteor mic. Yes. And so we wanted to make uh, a little cousin to it, so we have the Meteorite. <laughs> and that's a slower <laughs> form factor. Um, still has a large diaphragm condenser element, but it's, it's very small, and it looks really cool. Um, it kind of has a, uh, a retro look to it, but it has a magnetic base as well, so you can swivel it around. It's very directional. It'll pick up your voice. Great. So great yep. for Skype, FaceTime voice recognition software, things like that. Um, and then we also have the st seven U, which is a little bit more of like a studio style microphone. It's even a larger condenser than the meteor, uh the meteorite, excuse me. And it's a solid zinc die cast construction. so a really well built microphone. Sounds great and again plugs directly into a computer and plug and play. You don't have to worry about updating drivers or anything like that. So um, These are some really cool, exciting new microphones.
4: One of the things I love about USB microphones, and I think that a lot of people don't necessarily understand or realize, is that by using a USB microphone, you're going from the analog to digital instantaneously. So you are really getting a pristine recording and representation of the sound.
3: That's correct. The uh, analog to digital conversion happens right in the microphone, and uh, so you're getting a digital sound. and It's very, very clean, uh, yet yet warm too. And, And what podcasters like is they like the um, that that audio recognition. You know, you really get the sound of your voice, so you get that connection. Uh, you know that uh, you really need with video, and a lot of people sometimes they forget about the importance of audio, but that's how people connect. It's with the sound of their voice, so that's why we wanted to make these microphones sound really clean, crisp,
9: and warm.
4: The the other microphone that I that I took note of was the Stage X1U. Now. This one's really cool because it's designed like a stage microphone, like you'd see a performer use, and has a USB receiver.
3: Right. So this is probably one of the most exciting in um, our USB category because it's wireless now. Now we have a wireless USB microphone, and the receiver is this very small factor. It just fits right into uh, uh, your USB port, but you can have a wireless handheld microphone or a wireless lavalier microphone or headset, so people who might be doing podcasts or, or reviews or something, uh, they can have their hands free and they don't have to stick their face in front of a microphone. Uh, it can be a little bit more free, a little bit more open. Uh, another thing that's, that's uh, really cool about this, Michael, a lot of doctors are, um, you know, they, they want something like this so they can, uh, while they're performing surgery, they can speak right into the mic and it'll go right into their computer and do like a uh, text or a speech-to-text thing so uh, they can record all their surgeries or whatnot.
4: That's so cool! I you're taking
3: lectures as well. Um, It's it's very very simple, and it comes in a price point anybody can afford at ninety nine bucks. I'm really excited about this. You know
4: what? I didn't even I didn't even know the price point until you that ninety nine bucks is absolutely insane. And the receiver, as you said, it looks like a flash drive. Now here's a question for you: I record when I record on the road. I try to record with or take as, as, as minimal amount of a footprint as I possibly can. And one of the tricks I've learned is that you can use the camera connection kit on an iPad to power mm-hmm. some of these microphones. Does the wireless one work with, that way as well?
3: It does, man. Oh, and, my God. Uh, one thing that we were doing at the show is uh, I was plugging it right into my, to my iPhone uh, with the camera connection kit, and um, when I turn on the, the video app, uh, that defaults. To that microphone. Yes. So now I can have a wireless lavalier and walk around.
4: Oh, that's uh, insane. With, uh,
3: the uh, USB mic and get nice audio and and do like an interview style thing without a lot of gear at all.
4: No, no. I, yeah. You can uh, listen. I my, my day job is I work for SiriusXM. I do a lot of NHL events, and this is a this is such a perfect example. The, the closest thing we have is they have flash microphones with flash built in, but you're looking at. Close to thousands of dollars to get this kind of functionality, and now with right. your phone, you, you can do this for under a hundred bucks. That's insane. Right. Plus, with that that flash, you have to go and post and kind of queue everything up and line it up. With this, everything's
3: lined up with the uh, video already. So See, the real, yeah. real, it's, it's probably one of the best ways to go for for mobile um, interviews
2: and here's here's the thing and and james of course you know this as well as anyone uh when it comes to portable audio there there are a few things that people look for obviously you want great audio performance of course you want ease of use and lastly the thing you look for you know you hope if you get a nice aesthetic out of it that's a bonus but if you have the ease of use and the great sound what what i'm what i'm amazed by and when i'm looking at this new lineup and i'm looking at the meteorite right now and for for our listeners out there it, you know, if you're not at CES, you know a lot of folks couldn't make it to CES. Go to samsontech.com. They have their full lineup. They're great, great images, great description of products. I'm amazed, like you said, the retro look, the polished metal, yeah. the great old yeah. studio microphone design, which which I, which the, is the aesthetic. I think the Meteor started back when the Meteor came out, which looked like a great old angled radio mic. Uh, right. I don't think people necessarily appreciate the ease of use. Once again, when you're using digital, it's a plug-and-play device that works seamlessly. And USB used to be right. a negative with audio. Now the quality has right. become so good, in no small part to what you guys are doing, I think people need to hear this to really believe it, to be blown away by this.
3: They really do. And, uh, again, it's, it's set at a price point that everybody can afford. And uh, it's a great accent and accessory to any laptop or, or desktop or even uh, an iPad.
4: You know what? Yeah. I we. There, there are certain topics that Mitchell and I could probably go on with for hours and hours and hours, <laughs> and I think we're going to have to schedule that time at a later date because I know that you're busy. I want to thank you so much for joining us again. Mitchell said it. He said it was uh, samsontech.com. I, I, I'm looking at the, the, the microphones, the, the speakers, all the new announcements. Your product lineup is f- outstanding for 2015.
9: Oh,
3: Thank you so much. We're real excited. Uh, it's going to be a great, great year. And, uh, yeah, whenever you guys want to talk shop, uh, just give me a
2: call. Well, you know, James, you know what this means. We're going to be calling you very soon because we are going to <laughs> want to actually do on-air reviews for all these products we're talking about. So you can expect to hear from us, from us very soon reaching out for review units. I'll tell you that. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it.
4: James Petershack from SamsonTech, samsontech.com. Thank you, James.
0: There's more Your Tech Report after this. Now, back to Your Tech Report. It's Your Tech Report.
4: I'm Marco Flalo. He is Mitchell Whitfield. We are talking everything CES, which uh, wrapped it up in Las Vegas this past week. Mitchell, one of the brands that we want to pay attention to because they're a personal favorite of yours, a personal favorite of mine, is Alienware. Now, we know the company is, is owned by Dell, but they operate as a separate entity, and they had some really cool announcements, didn't they?
2: Oh, they, they had some really cool announcements. Just in general, I mean, we've been such fans of their product line for years now. We actually use Alienware computers here for the show. So who better to talk Alienware than their technical marketing manager, Ray Watkins. Ray, thanks for coming on today.
10: Thanks, Mitchell. Thanks for having me.
2: Uh, oh, no problem. Of course. Now, now, listen, I know we have a lot of CES stuff to talk about. There's some cool announcements that laptop line. I mean, we're all excited about that. But before we start about the CES stuff... I want to talk really briefly and get an update on the Alienware Alpha. Now, this is one of our favorite products that we've tested in a long time. And I really think it's the first time that a company, and I'm glad that it happened from Alienware, that a company really nailed a PC gaming console. So for those that don't know, and for those that didn't listen to our glowing review, could you just give people an idea of what the Alienware Alpha is all about and what kind of response you guys have gotten so far?
10: Well, the Alienware Alpha is all about one simple thing, uh, bringing PC gaming to your living room. Uh, that should sum it up pretty easily. And, and we've done it in a pretty cool way. We have a, a console mode for the people who want to keep it simple and, be, and follow more console game-like uh, scenarios. But you can also set it up in desktop mode, which is what's pretty awesome about it, is that it's, it's more versatile in your average console. In desktop mode with a, a wireless mouse and keyboard, anything a PC can do, you can do in, in, in your desktop mode. Um, including Steam games, EA games, you name it, it's all there. Uh, Microphones, speakers, to your heart's content. Uh, We don't limit you on any of
2: it. And the really cool thing about this is it really addresses the one issue that traditional console gamers have had, which PC gamers always tease them about, which is, yeah, yeah, you have a console, you can be in the living room, but you know what, as a PC gamer, we get to upgrade. We get to upgrade our PCs. But this really is is the first time that any console owner can actually upgrade their console. Yes, it's a PC console, but you can upgrade. You can upgrade uh, your RAM, you can upgrade the processor. So really, it has a long, it has a long life. You could really upgrade this for, for years to come, right? Absolutely, and I mean, not just upgradability,
10: um, the, the console cycle is an average of five to seven years. We're a PC cycle. Right. So, you know, at some point in the future, uh, there will be refreshes, there will be uh, upgrade components, but one of the best parts about it is that because everything's in the cloud on this uh, through Steam, we have full backwards compatibility. Um, the consoles don't, don't tout that because they don't have that today. If your favorite game, Mitchell, and you and I have talked about this, that we play a year ago um, is able to be brought to the living room, uh, it changes the experience altogether. Um, so whereas if you're already a PC gamer and you have a library of 10, 20, 100 games, all those games are fresh and new to you all over again, um, along with all the new titles that are coming. So again, it's, it's all about giving you... All of your stuff in one central location and and bringing that that bridge between console and pc um and gameplay um you you know we're all about fun around here that's what we do we engineer fun um (laughs) we love that (laughs) so that's one of the things that we want to make sure that that we do is that we 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 bring that experience usually gamers um let me rephrase that typically gamers are used to being trapped uh in what we like to call the three-foot experience mouse keyboard three feet from your monitor
2: Right, exactly. And games
10: look great, um, and the experience is different. But man, kicking back on your couch, putting your feet up—there's a reason why the consoles have done so well over the decades, and that's because of that experience. But PCs have, you know, a greater capability, much more versatility, um, and to be able to bring that into the living room with the ease of use—you um, know—it's pretty remarkable. Especially considering that you don't need a mouse and keyboard if you don't want um you have your controller that gets you by with pretty much everything you need on a day-to-day basis right. uh, i mean i can't i can't talk about this enough i love this product I use it on a daily basis. Oh, you know,
2: you know what? You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to convince us, right? Because you know what? We have different barometers for what makes a great product, and my bar- my personal barometer is, and, and Ray Ray and I have known each other for a little while. We started getting to know each other doing this, doing our website first, and then this show. So Ray and I talk outside of the show, like Mark and I talk outside of the show. So my barometer, my gauge for a great product is when I'm done with my work for the day, whether it's recording here, recording this show, doing other stuff. If I'm in my own family time and I shoot Ray a text, Mark, and I'll say, and I'll just shoot him an email or call him and say, "Dude, I just finished playing Half-Life 2 on my on my new Alpha and it looks brand new, it looks amazing. I'm getting it. So if I'm talking about a product after hours and if I, if Ray and I are geeking out after hours, you know it's something that he's excited about making and that I'm so <laughs> excited about using. So to me, that is the gauge for a great product. That that's my personal that's my personal metric for what makes a great kit."
10: I, I, I agree with you 100%,
2: Mitchell. Okay, now. All right, so now let's let's move on. Mark I, I think you wanted to ask because I know we have some they had some great announcements so I will I will shoot over to you and let you milk Ray for all of his insight when it comes to their CES announcement.
4: Okay, t- tell me what is what is the thing that excites you the most
10: from CES? Yes. yes. Oh man, there, there's so much. Um, I'll speak on our portfolio. Um, the Dell Alienware teams had some huge announcements at CES. Um, the, the big ones that, that really stand out to me personally are the new Venue, uh, seven, eight, the Venue 8 7000 series. Uh, thinner than an Apple iPad, it's got, the, it's got Intel inside. I mean, it's great battery life. All in all, it's, it's one of the most well-rounded, lightest, thinnest uh, tablets on the market today. Um, and then moving over to the other team that we work with closely, the XPS team. Um, I don't know if you guys got a chance to stop by and take a look at the XPS 13, but again... Um, smaller than a MacBook Air. Uh, it's got some serious horsepower, uh, extreme battery life. I believe we're touting 16, 17 hours of battery life on the product.
4: Oh, wow. Oh, uh, wow. Um,
10: <laughs> you know, uh, we have up to 4K resolution, standard 1080p at the base. I mean, the, the thing is a, 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 a badass little box, if I can say it that way.
7: <laughs> um, oh, you can.
10: But then we have our bigger boys. And, and this is where we're coming back into the Alienware realm. And, you know, we tease Mitch but <laughs> Because he wants to know everything all the time and we can't tell him, um, <laughs> our 15 and 17. Um, so our full notebook lineup has now been released. Uh, we, no- we now tout the Alienware 13, the 15, and the 17, along with our Alienware graphics amplifier that hooks up to all three notebooks.
2: Yeah, and for people that don't know about the... Do you know about the graphics amplifier? This is like a brilliant... It's brilliant. For our listeners that don't know, basically it, it, it adds longevity to your to your laptop because it takes your video card and allows you to externally upgrade uh, through a small chassis, and you can upgrade your, your video card into this chassis then plug it into your laptop. Is this correct, Ray? Absolutely. And then basically your laptop uses this external card as its card, right? I, agreed. And what happens is we actually... Uh, there's some nifty
10: engineering and, and, and some creativity. The way that it works is when you're hooked up to the amplifier and you reboot using the, whatever graphics card you install. And here's the best right. part. You can use AMD or NVIDIA graphics. It's your choice. We don't limit you. And you can use any graphics wow. card in there that you want that, that, uh, up to uh, a Titan Black. Now, the great part about it is we're able to trick the laptops into believing that the graphics card that's external, is actually in the notebook. So <laughs> so you That's can amazing. actually push the graphics horsepower back to the LCD panel of the notebook, or you can push it to an external display. Now, the killer part is, to, if you buy a brand-new laptop today from us, you probably have the, the horsepower for gaming um, at, at a really high level, but there are people out there that always want more. Um, and, and this is the opportunity for them. What I've seen a lot of people do is buying, um, you know... More mid-range lower cards because they want more portability and battery life.
5: Right. Right.
10: And then they they'll buy the graphic stock with an Nvidia 980 or something really high end. So when they get home and they plug the graphics amplifier in, they're getting those extreme frame rates. Um, That's insane. The other great part is, let's say you don't want it today. Let's say you buy a, a one of our 15 notebooks with a 980 in it today. You don't really need much more than that. We we're not going to pretend that you do, but in a year from now, you know, in six months from now, whenever the next graphics card refresh comes out, maybe you want to get in that extra horsepower um, and you have that capability. So again, I mean, the, the most important thing about gaming is graphics. And, and what we've done is we've given you legs for much longer than uh, notebook graphics can typically offer.
4: Well, and, and that's where I was going to go next was Alienware is known for giving you portable graphics power on the go. If you look at the 50 and the 17, number number one, the price points are, are insane. They started at 11.99 and 14.99 for the 17. You can have those expanded graphics when you get home, but when you're on the road, it's not like you're really compromising. You still have incredible graphics power and gaming power on the go. But I think one of, one of the big things this year is also the weight on on these two, the 50 and the 17, has dropped dramatically, hasn't it?
10: You know, we've thinned them out quite a bit. Um, most, first and foremost, you'll notice we no longer have optical drives.
4: Um, Who needs them?
10: That's the whole thing. <laughs> um, we're, we're all cloud-based, and, and the way that we look at it, if you really need an optical drive, there are USB 3.0 versions out there for 30 and 40 bucks. Yeah, exactly. And, and I don't know about you, but I, I don't think I've used an optical drive outside of um, the Blu-ray player in my living room in at least four or five years.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm the same way. So, I'm exactly the same. Um,
10: by taking that out, thinning it out, um, we're able to give more portability. Um, and you were talking about portable power and, and desktop power when it comes to the amplifier. I'm going to give you guys a story because I like telling
6: stories. <laughs> we love uh, stories. <laughs>
10: um, I'm actually using our 13 as my daily driver. It goes everywhere with me. Even when I was supposed to be keeping it a secret, I was I was toting it around in my book bag and going (laughs) from uh, different uh, press events and launch events and all over the place with it. It's it's phenomenal. Um, The battery life is incredible, but I'm still able to play my games because it has an 860m graphics card in it. You know, I I was playing Tomb Raider. I was doing some some Steam testing, controller testing. But with Windows 8 and being able to switch into airplane mode and and cut my settings, I was able to watch HD movies on my flight um, from Miami to L.A., which was was pretty remarkable. Um, And then when I got home, I'm able to throw it up on my amplifier, and I was playing Borderlands the prequel at max settings, pretty much.
4: Oh, man. That's so cool. Excuse me,
10: the pre-sequel. I don't want to be uh, (laughs) told for that one.
2: (laughs) (laughs) One of the things we love about your company. One of the things we love about Alienware is there, and this is the biggest compliment I think we can give to a company whether it's a tech company or just a a standard business is you can tell by the products that come out that the people that design these products everyone that's part of the team yourself included Ray there's a passion there for gaming there's a passion for making things that you as a gamer would want to play with so and I think that really does come through in the product line whether it's you know the new 15 or 17 uh, the new tablet you were just talking about at CES that was talked about any of these they really really reek of the products that you guys make reek of people that are being a part of these teams, loving what they do. Exactly. And I think that comes through to the consumer end too.
10: I really hope it does. Cause I mean, like we were joked about earlier, all the new stuff hiding in my backpack. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a reason for that, you know, Right. Um, the way that I feel about it is we design for our customers to have the best experience and everything else. But in the end, um, I think one of the major questions that we always have to ask ourselves when we're building these is, what do I want? Right. right. You know, what, what, what do I want to carry around? What do I want to play with? What, what, what images impress me? What ID impresses me? You know, are we going too gaudy? Are we going too modest? You know? there's, I'm from Miami, guys, so there's a word that we like to throw around often down here, which is you know, Alienware likes to make sure that our products are performing well but have swagger.
4: Oh there. <laughs> oh yeah. Ray, I'm I'm going to be in Miami in about 3 weeks so any shipments destined for Mitchell may be diverted. <laughs> oh my
10: What are you coming down to Miami for?
4: Vacation, oh. vacation. I need to get away after CES and then I also do a lot with the NHL. Hi, I'll be at the All-Star game in Columbus. I'm I'm just coming down for 4 days. To Ray, relax.
2: I'll just I'll make it easy for you. He showed me, he sent me a, he sent me a snapshot of his thermostat yesterday. -25. It was 80 degrees in California. It was -25 in
4: Montreal.
10: It was yeah, it, it was 82 normal. and breezy in Miami
4: yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. Ray Watkins from Alienware, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. Great guys. announcement to CES. We're going to have you on much more.
10: Absolutely. I'm I'm totally cool with that.
4: Ray Watkins from Dell and Alienware. Man, this is a great CES show. CES Consumer Electronics Show happened this past week in Las Vegas. Lots of stuff, lots of news. Of course, we can't get to all the news on the same show, especially with all these interviews. My God, so many things going on. at at the beginning of the show, Intel, RDO. We've got still way more to come. Here on your tech report, so don't forget to continue listening. Please don't, please don't. Uh, YourTechReport.com. your Facebook.com slash your tech report. On Twitter, it is at your tech report. We've got so much more online. We've got so much more for you coming up right here on your tech report with Mitchell Whitfield and Mark Flallo
0: This is your tech report. Email us. Contact at your Follow us on Twitter at your tech report. Like us on Facebook.com slash your tech report. Now back to your tech report.
4: Welcome back to your tech report, Marco Aflalo and Mitchell Whitfield. With you talking everything CES, Mitchell. There's so much cool technology out of this year's CES, isn't there?
2: Uh, th- there is, and I and I I think even though you know, obviously, mobile devices uh, have their own shows. You know, different manufacturers bring out their mobile devices, whether it's Samsung or HTC, Motorola, Apple but obviously smartphones tablets have become a huge part of our daily lives we know this but also what we've talked about on this show and we talked about on the website and over the years you know finding cool and interesting ways to use our mobile devices finding ways to integrate mobile devices into our lives in ways that we weren't able to do because these things didn't exist years ago so we are talking we're going to be talking right now to Jason Fass and he is the CEO of Zep Labs and first of all Jason thank you so much for joining us today hey great to be here and you know i, I this is such a cool technology because any Anyone that has grown up playing a sport, whether it's golf, baseball, whatever, and swing analysis has become such a huge thing, and it used to be very, very hard to track this. You would have to have a coach that was monitoring you. You could take video, but then you would have to go through a whole process of analyzing the video and having professionals that you guys have created – an integrated piece of software that works with both tablet and smartphone that does the swing analysis for you can you talk about this for us
1: yeah absolutely so when we got started we saw you know there were sensors being put on wristbands and hip clips and shoes and nobody was really doing anything to capture all this data in sports to really help people get better at the sports they love so we created zepp um, we have a small little sensor, which we call the ZEP sensor. It weighs six grams, captures a thousand data points a second around your wow. sports. And today we have four sports, uh, that work with the sensor and our platform and that are, that's baseball, softball, golf, and tennis. And the sensor attaches differently depending on the sport. So for golf, it, it comes with a little clip, uh, that attaches to your glove. Baseball and softball, we have a rubber mount that goes on the knob of the bat and it um, just attaches right there to the knob. And then right. tennis, we have, we have um, another mount that it just sticks on the bottom of the tennis racket. And then you launch the app, uh, the dedicated app for each sport. And so one sensor can actually cover all the sports and you simply launch the app and uh, you're up and running.
4: I love the fact that you obviously are thinking about multiple sports when you design a product like this. And a lot of people focus in on one particular niche market, but forget that other people exist, which is it's great attention.
1: Yeah, well, it's, um, it's, a, it's a really exciting space. Um, and I think it's, it's just the beginning of the space.
4: Where do you see it in, in five years from now? Because stats are something that everybody's talking about. They want details. They want to know how they can better themselves more than just someone just telling them what they're doing. They want to see numbers.
1: You know what? I'm going to say they actually don't want to see numbers. Really? I don't think humans want to see data, right?
4: Unless it's good, right? They want to see results.
1: (laughs) They want to see insights. They want to see, like, nobody nobody wakes up and says, you know, I can't wait to see a dashboard of numbers in front of me. I want to see (laughs) what do those numbers mean? Why do I care? And then what do I do about it? And then after I'm doing stuff about it, is it working, right? And so in five years on the sports side, I think that every athlete on the field, regardless of sport, is going to be digitally connected in some way, whether it's their helmet, their shoes, their racket, their bat, who knows? Um, And I think that the companies that will be winning this space, whatever we want to call this space are going to be the ones that deliver the best experiences that are driven by that data and not the best data.
2: Well, you know what? Uh, or let, not let the best me, data alone. No, no, you, you're making a lot of sense, and I want to take this down to you. are right. Let's get away from the numbers per se—well, let's get away from the numbers and then get back into the numbers, because here's what I'm going to ask you. So if we're talking about a user that says, okay, you know what? Uh, I'm playing baseball or my son is playing baseball. Uh, I want them to use— this app and this this attachment to improve their swing. So, they're actually they attach they attach the the dongle to the bat. They get the software going on they get, they get the app going on either their mobile device or their tablet. What exact tell us what the consumer is able to measure and how they can apply that to either increase or get better at what they're trying to uh improve with their swing.
1: Sure. So, um each each sport is a little bit different, kind of obvious statement there. But right, right. Let's, take, um, let's take golf uh, as an example. So you attach the sensor to the back of your glove, and when you start up the app, you enter in all your clubs. And, um, and when you swing, we recreate this 3D model of your swing. And you can move around that in 360 degree, degrees, kind of like The Matrix, the movie The Matrix, <laughs> when they you know, right. took those, those pictures and Keanu looked really cool then. Um, You can do that all on your mobile device and you can move around your swing. And then you can look at a dashboard view and you see a bunch of really helpful numbers. Now, what we do is we help you set goals around your swing and around all of your numbers. And then we color code every number. Very basic. Green numbers are good. Yellow numbers need improvement and red numbers are bad. And you want to fix those. And so then if you tap on any of those numbers, we show you tips and drills on how to get better. Oh, that's great. And starting in a week, we'll actually be delivering what we call insight reports to you. So after you swing several times, you'll get a report and it says, hey, here's what you did well, but here's where you need to improve. That's cool. And here's a video from a PGA pro or um, a PGA coach. Um, and, it's, and it's targeted based on your data specifically to you. It says this video, this drill, this tip is going to help you. And on the back end of our system, we can tell if it did or did not. And that goes into our whole database and our algorithm to help calculate what would help you next time. And so really what we're trying to do is we have a ton of partnerships with pro athletes. All these athletes are in the apps and coaches are in the apps creating content, we're delivering that content to you. It's all powered by your data powered by your numbers with the goal of getting better.
2: And this, this is so cool. And one of the things, obviously, you know, we're sitting here, we're doing the show, but we also have our computer screens up and we're looking for, for our listeners that are listening to the show, uh, all over North America. If you go to zep.com, you can get an idea. And I think the example they're showing here, well, they, they show all the different examples of a, you know, a bat swing and they're showing, um, how it analyzes your golf swing. And, One of the things I noticed is the interface is really clean. It's not confusing, it's easy to understand. It breaks down all the different facets of either your swing, whether it's golf or baseball or tennis, and it does show you very clearly what needs to be improved. You can touch it and then it gives you more information. So the UI is very easy and accessible, which for a product like this becomes important because the last thing you wanna do is scare away a user because they feel overwhelmed by the interface though i can't figure out what this is it looks very clean and very to the point i think people will have a very easy time using this
1: yeah you know we spend a lot of time and energy you know working with athletes and coaches and as our as a product focused company on building that user experience um to be honest like we we always feel like we can improve the user experience and um and that's one of the things that really drives us is how do we deliver a better experience for our customers um, and not not simply, you know, more
4: numbers. So Jason, I'm a customer. What What's my investment?
1: Um, so it, the sensor sells for $150 US. Yep. Um, it comes with the mount for your sport. You can buy, we sell them in kits. So if you buy the baseball kit, you get one of our sensors plus a baseball mount. Um, the... Apps are all free, and you can buy additional mounts. You could bu- take that baseball kit and buy an extra golf mount cool. for $10, That's awesome. and then you can use it for golf as well. But the really cool thing is you can actually be a customer for free. You can use the camera on your iPhone or Android phone or, or your iPad or, or tablet, and you can capture your swing with video. And we give you all the tools to draw lines on the screen and annotate the video. And you can compare your swing from many different angles side-by-side with some amazing pro athletes. In baseball, we've got the biggest names in baseball. We've got Mike Trout, Giancarlo Stanton. Oh, yeah. uh, You know, you name it. We've got 12 um, MLB All-Stars. And um, you can compare yourself side-by-side. And we're seeing people are loving it, right? Kids you get a chance capture your yourself. You know, Dad holds his iPhone, captures his son, and then compares them side by side in HD That's video cool. to Mike Trout or to Big Poppy, and then you can go frame by frame and analyze it.
2: That's awesome.
1: And there's drills and tips, and then you can buy a sensor if you want to get that extra data piece.
4: Very cool. Very cool, Jason. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We're gonna we're gonna follow you guys for quite some time, and we hope to have you back on real soon here on Your Tech Report. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Jason Fass, CEO of Zepp Labs, here on Your Tech Report, Mark Flalo and Mitchell Whitfield. There's more CES Conversation, Mitchell, coming up when we are back after this.
0: There's more Your Tech Report after this. Now, back to your tech report.
4: Mark Flatlow, Mitchell Whitfield, back with you here on your tech report. Mitchell, we love talking to people. We're talking to people all day long because CES is just wrapping up in Las Vegas and uh, you cannot go to a CES. You cannot omit one company in particular. Panasonic has come out in CES as long as we can remember because oh, yeah. they are one of the biggest brands in consumer electronics. They and, do everything. That's why. Well, exactly. So on the line with us right now, is a a new friend of ours (laughs) from Panasonic, the Director of uh, Audio and Video, or the Director of Marketing Audio, Barry Murray. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Okay, Barry, I've been asking people today, the first question I ask is, what excites you the most out of your announcements this year in CES?
9: Well, other than one specific announcement, I think what impressed me was just the size and scope of the categories that Panasonic has shown that it uh, is involved with. Uh, everything from traditional AV products, but also through to uh, our, our association with Pesla, uh, supplying them batteries for their new Model X, and uh, our participation in their Gigafactory, to our uh, partnerships with uh, over 300 airlines around the world, providing the in-flight entertainment systems, all the way through to Beauty Care products. Uh, you could actually get a haircut and a shave in our booth. So, uh, we're all very, very interesting and, and very reflective of the size and scope of a company like
4: Panasonic. And that's what impressed me the most is when you look through uh, the images of your booth, it's insane from, from pro video recording to hair curlers to, you know, and, and, and things like the batteries in, in the Tesla vehicles. People don't even realize to what extent and what reach Panasonic has in the industry.
9: That's that's correct. So I think the CES show provides a perfect platform for us to be able to show the size, scope, and the um, uh, number of categories that we're involved in.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think, <clears throat> excuse me. I think so many people, like you just said. Are, are surprised and shocked, you know, because we've known Panasonic for years, and on the consumer end, we have such knowledge about your line of products, but like you said, on the back end, what you guys do, as what you're doing at Tesla, it's good that people know this, but to bring it back to the consumer just for a minute, and to keep it in the video realm, when it comes to televisions, as a matter of fact, Barry, I just had a conversation with someone that was looking to get a big screen TV, and they were bringing up names, like, oh, you know, you get the Samsung, the Sony, I was like, yeah, but you know what, you really need to be looking at Panasonic, because for years, video files, especially in the plasma range, where always you always went to Panasonic for the great dark blacks for the great pictures. So, on the video side, maybe in the television side, what does Panasonic have coming up this year that I can start recommending to people on the air and off the air as well?
9: Well, I think your point is a good one. We've always been recognized as a leader in providing uh, best-in-class picture performance, and regardless of the device, whether it's plasma or LED or even OLED, it is our sincere intent to continue to provide that. And uh, I think what we did show at uh, Vegas this year, rather than a series or lineup of product, we showed new technologies that continued to raise the bar on picture performance in both LED and OLED. So that's very exciting because we're now on the cusp of new platforms or, or new uh, panel technologies being put in play that are going to continue to raise that bar, you know, whether it's at 4K resolution or in the future higher.
2: Well, that's another thing I was going to ask you. We've seen, you know, Barry, we've seen, and you know this as well as anyone, we've seen for so long new technologies come out. uh, And we don't necessarily, even when, you know, 4K has been out for a little while now, but still we don't necessarily have the media to support all the new devices. So people are still looking at OLED They're still looking at plasmas, they're still looking at traditional LEDs. Do you see the model moving forward? Are you guys still going to be supporting the LEDs, OLEDs, and even plasma, and and not just go straight to all the new 4K technology? We're still going to see an abundance of 1080p sets, and not just a complete switch over to 4K.
9: No, I think you're going to see a very fast switch over to 4K, similar to what we saw from the days of standard definition to high def, and then from 720p to 1080p. All of this tends to happen very quickly because consumers who are demanding leading edge want to buy with the future in mind. And uh, these products have an average lifespan of, say, between 7 and 10 years. And uh, our broadcast uh, environment will look completely different five, six years from now, two, three years from now, compared to where it is today.
4: Now, you mentioned the batteries in the Tesla vehicles, and that brings me over to uh, kind of a separate conversation about green energy and people using energy differently. So that brings me into the fitness world of things. A couple of things that were on on, on showcase in the Panasonic booth were were bicycles and, and fitness. What, what kind of aspect does Panasonic have a play on that marketplace?
9: Well, Panasonic's manufactured bicycles for uh, several decades, actually. Um, it's a business that's mostly focused on Japan, but one that we would like to see expand globally. And part of that uh, value proposition is to offer uh, a battery-driven bri- uh, bike using uh, the same battery technology that we use in Tesla cars. In other words, uh, you know, a battery technology that's very efficient and uh, provides a much better end-user experience by supporting their ability to bike o- uh, bicycle, whether it's you know, in a difficult environment or uphill, or uh, at higher speeds than they would average uh, with uh, just uh,
4: human power. On, on, if I'm a consumer today, um, what is in your mind the biggest, the biggest breakthrough product category that Panasonic can really raise that flag about?
9: Well, I think you know the the eco aspect yeah. of uh, all of this is very important to all of us, and Panasonic, of course, is heavily involved in that. So. You know, the next big breakthrough in battery technology, I think, is really the next big game changer. And uh, we continue to work on that. And, uh, you know, sometimes these things are more evolutionary than they are revolutionary. Uh, From that perspective, uh, we continue to try to raise the bar on efficiencies in our batteries. But not only that, um, you know, it's also about uh, um, our eco-solutions with our solar panels and creating that power and then finding a way to efficiently store it so that it can be used in off-peak times and uh, that, you know, the devices that do use it do use it very efficiently.
2: You know, Barry, one of the things we try and do here is make people aware of, even even with a large, hugely successful company like Panasonic, people have a certain idea, oh, here's what they do. Here's what we know them for. We know TVs. Now people are learning from you and from obviously listening to us now. They, they didn't know a lot about this other stuff, in-flight entertainment, about the Tesla stuff that you guys are doing. And to an extent, we started doing Panasonic cameras a while back. A lot of people didn't know about the digital imaging, and we, we tried to bring awareness to that because we want people to know all the things that a company like Panasonic does. So you mentioned audio before. What can, we, what can we tell our listeners? What is Panasonic doing in the world of audio, whether it's speakers, receivers? What's coming out this year?
9: Well, the major announcement at this year's show was the reintroduction of a very iconic brand, that being Techniques Audio, which yeah. uh, we haven't sold for about a decade now. Wow. Um, but we think the time is perfect because we're seeing a revolution in the way consumers uh, buy audio and their expectations from, from that. Um, the audio, in the audio category, uh, the movement was towards something very convenient, but not necessarily focused on maintaining high-quality sound. But now with the availability of high-resolution audio that's downloadable through several sites. Um, consumers can gain access to almost studio master-type quality uh, in the actual uh, tracks that they purchase. And that provides an opportunity for us to reintroduce people to uh, you know, that wonderful feeling that you get when you listen to music like it's live. And this is the technology that will bring us as close to that as possible while still maintaining that high level of convenience that downloadable uh, digital music allows us.
4: Which is something that people really, really are looking towards today, even with the comeback of, of things like vinyl. It's it's amazing how the focus on audio is is so high, which is great. Exactly. Barry Murray, Director of Audio Video for Panasonic Canada, thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been my pleasure. It's your Tech Report here. I am Mark Aflalo. Mitchell Whitfield is in Los Angeles. But on the line with us is uh, the Director of Marketing for a company that came more in the consumer light about a year ago at CES with a thermal imaging device that I'll let him tell you way more about. He is the director of marketing for FLIR. His name is Bruce Cumming. Bruce, how are you today?
11: I'm good, Mark. Thanks for having me on.
4: So you're obviously wrapping up CES like everybody else is on their way home. But this was a big one for you, wasn't it?
11: Yeah, it certainly was. You know, uh, you know, 2014 CES was, was pretty big because uh, we were the first to launch a thermal mo- uh, thermal product uh, for uh, mobile phones, smartphones. Um, basically, we're a category st- st- starter. Um, but uh, this year was even bigger because uh, we were kind of stepping our game up a little bit and making sure that our product was available for all iOS devices
4: as well as Android. Now, now to backtrack a little bit so people that, that don't know what Flare is, it's a, it's a thermal imaging device that used to be a sleeve that attached to an iPhone that allowed you to basically do what people had to spend Tens of thousands of dollars to buy equipment for, whether home renovators, construction workers, people doing estimations, looking for leaks and looking for temperature readings in homes and businesses. You brought this down to a consumer level that had never been done before with the Flare one
11: Yeah, that's right. You know, we've got a strong heritage uh, in thermal imaging. We are the world leader in thermal infrared imaging. And so, you know, our heritage basically was uh, originally in airborne surveillance, so using very uh, long-range thermal imaging cameras for uh, search and rescue type operations, and, uh, and even military. military use. But if,
4: sorry, what was there, that? There were even military applications and, and yes, army, and...
11: exactly. And so, you know, over the uh, over the years, we've uh, we've moved further and further into more industrial type use, uh, commercial use, and so you know, our long our long history has uh, enabled us to to drive the the cost and the power consumption down for our uncooled camera cores uh to, to make it possible for us to take this technology and, and and bring it to the to the everyday user
4: now has this so been on the roadmap we, we for a like, while sorry. bringing it down go, to th- go for it. now has this bring has this been on the roadmap for a while bringing it down to a consumer level but just technology yeah. was restricting it
11: yes absolutely so um you know we've for, for you know a good 10 years now we've been working on on driving the technology down to a, a to a footprint and a form factor and a power consumption um that, that, that would make it uh, affordable. And so, you know, we've got these sensors in, uh, in the automotive industry. We've got it, obviously, you know, in the, in the security industry. So there's multiple industries that we've been working in to be able to create the types of volumes that allow us to bring the price down uh, to make it accessible for, uh, for the general populace.
4: So what's the official name of this follow-up device? Is it just called the FLIR?
11: Yeah, it's uh, the it's genera- next generation FLIR
4: 1. And it works only only iOS devices now, or?
11: No, no, no. So that's the cool thing. Exactly. Uh, you know, we've, uh, we've uh, changed the form factor uh, to allow us to, to you know, uh, meet the needs of users across uh, both platforms, Android and iOS, but, uh, but also uh, any iOS device that has a lightning connector. So iPads as well.
4: What was the initial reaction last year at CES versus this year?
11: Yeah, so the, obviously the initial reaction last year was, you know, one of somewhat wonder, right, um, being able to turn your smartphone into a brilliant phone, so to speak. <laughs> um, um, and then, you know, we uh, we, we basically brought the product to market about mid-year in 2014. And so, um, I think what we what we really saw this year was obviously, you know, the the the, the, the consumer market, um, you know, embracing the fact that now it's available for multiple uh, platforms, but but more importantly, uh, they see that we're, that we're continuing on this track of innovation and, 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 and improving the product at a relentless rate.
4: Now, do you see an adoption also on the, on, on the higher-end market, on the business market, of people shifting from the larger devices to this more portable, or is there something that really sets them apart that makes a difference?
11: Yeah, so obviously, you know, this is a lower-resolution uh, thermal camera. So, for you know, the industrial use and the, the high-end commercial use um, you know they need they need sensors that are more powerful and more sensitive, um, but but we certainly have seen um, some adoption in the prosumer market, uh, home inspectors, you know electricians, that type of thing who have you know, smaller businesses. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we just can't afford our our uh, lower lower cost but but high end um, uh, products that you know start at about a thousand dollars. In fact, we were the first people to. To bring a thermal imaging camera to the market for hundred thousand bucks.
10: Yeah, and I remember we that. Just
11: did it, we actually just did it again now with a a pro tool version uh, called the FLIR C2, um, which is you know going to retail for uh, six ninety nine for for professionals. So well, we've done it again as far as that's concerned.
4: Well, you should the keep doing it too.
11: Between, <laughs> sorry, yeah. The, the fundamental difference between the two products obviously is it uh, you know the, the consumer version has some some capabilities, um, or actually doesn't have some of the same com- capabilities that uh, the pros need in the Pro Tool. And that, again, allows us to, to come in at a price point that's significantly lower than that
4: 699 So, So what is the, the price point and, and the availability of this next-generation Flare?
11: Right. So uh, we're going to be uh, available mid-year. Uh, we'll start shipping mid-year. We haven't announced the price point yet uh, for the next-generation Flare one, but the uh, the existing one... Uh, runs uh, two hundred forty nine now so that kind of gives you somewhat of a, a yardstick as to you know where we plan to come in
4: so now if you if I can before we wrap up i want i'm just kind of curious what's what's the next step for the company on the consumer side of things
11: yeah so you know there's uh the, 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 the ultimate thing is um, obviously to be enhanced right um, and uh you know um, there there's, there's there's work going on as far as that's concerned but uh you know, there's a lot of exciting things that we've got planned uh, for thermal imaging, bringing it to the masses, you know, thermal imaging for the rest of us, basically. Um, <laughs> and we're, we're really excited about, uh, about where this market can, can, can go. Um, we're really excited.
4: Bruce Cummings, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you had a great CES, and we hope to catch up in the, in the coming months as the product comes to market. Absolutely. Thanks, Mark. Bruce Cummings, the director of Fleur, What an incredible year at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Thank you so much for joining us on this special two-hour edition of Your Tech Report. Of course, online, you can find us at yourtechreport.com. we or on Facebook at facebook.com slash yourtechreport. On Twitter, it's at yourtechreport. You can find previous shows online at yourtechreport.com, plus on an iTunes. And lots and lots of fun places. I've got to say thank you to Ray Watkins from Dell and Alienware. James Peterschack from Samson, Meredith Red from ATT, t Brian Diener from Intel, Anthony Bay the CEO of RDO, you got to follow up with that company rdo.com, Zep Labs, Jason Fass, Marty from Vert, Bruce Cummings from Fleer, and of course Barry Murray from Panasonic Canada. What an incredible lineup we had today on Your Tech Report. We're going to bring you all the latest news and reviews as we continue again on Your Tech Report here on SiriusXM and, of course, yourtechreport.com. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Marco Flallow. It's been a great time.